0: So let me ask you a question. Listen to these words and you tell me what do they have in common? Reasonable, clear-headed, a quiet mind, confident, peaceful. Well, all these terms are really associated with a sound mind, the mind that God wants you and I to have. Well, today on your next step, Jennifer, that's my wife and her mother Sherry are going to take some time to dive into a conversation from God's word and how you and I are really meant to have a sound mind. That's what the Bible talks about. And the reason we we go to the word of God is it it does. It clarifies our mind, our thoughts. It gives us peace and happiness. In a crazy world, this is what we need today. Stay around and listen to the conversation between Jennifer and Sherry Godby.
1: Well, sound mind, sound life is <laughs> might seem difficult if you're in a time of temptation. What do you do? But God has the answer, doesn't he? And he wants to help us to keep a clear mind, even in times of temptation. And I'm, I'm here today again with my mother. Welcome, to the show, Simply for Women. It's fun to be together, isn't it, Mom? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Godby, she's a teacher, she's a she's a chaplain, she's a everything, <laughs> and you're gonna really enjoy uh, her today. But you know, I, I think that let's just kick it off with a, a prayer, How to, a prayer to just to be able to resist temptation. I don't know what temptation you're facing right now, but we all have different ones that we face uh, from time to time, but Lord Jesus, Today, we submit to you. Uh, We submit our mind, our body, our emotions, our relationships, and our finances. God, we submit all that we are and all that we possess, and we help us, Lord, to resist the temptation that we're experiencing. Give us the discernment so that we would know how to respond to these temptations, and we thank you for all the times that you have helped us in the past cause us to be victorious. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, God wants to help you to overcome temptation. And he helped a woman. Her name was Sabina. And he really, this, I, I mean, wow, her, you know, her temptation was so real. I love the verse in, in 2 Corinthians 2, 14. I am the victor. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior Of his knowledge in every place, you know, and that's what he did for this woman named Sabina. She was the wife of Richard Wormbrand. and this couple together they wrote and published the first uh, Voice of the Martyr magazine. Yes, in nineteen sixty-seven. And that that I I still get that magazine. Mm -hmm. Our church gets it, and you know, it's been around the world, and it has helped. The persecuted church and the suffering Christians around the world. This magazine for for many years, uh, but they so they they wrote and published the first issue, but that was because they had been through and filled with many many sufferings. They had been imprisoned, both of them, off and on, off and on. They are from Romania, and they ha- they had a son, and in in all of this imprisonment, they were. Uh, a little disillusioned about the truth on things. Right. They were told many lies Mm -hmm. from the government. The communist party were lying to them. Mm -hmm. But so in all of the suffering that they faced, but she was released and he was not. And in that time, another man came into the picture and he was kind to them and he was kind to her son and he wanted to help them. And she began
2: to kind of fall in love with him, right? Yes. And she was being told that her husband was dead and she didn't know if that was the truth or not, but she was told that over and over by different sources. And so she was Can I go on with my life or what do I do? And she was only 42 when this happened. Yeah. That's pretty young. She didn't know if she was still
1: married or not. Right. And the pastor came to visit one night and the pastor said to her, don't have an affair. Your husband's alive,
2: basically. And I don't know how he knew that. Do you? Right. He didn't He didn't know it in the natural, but by the spirit, he felt like, you know, that she should not go with this man. So he had a word for her, mm-hmm. right. but that was the greatest temptation. She really yes. wanted to go
1: with this man because it was right there. But she chose not to, and she resisted mm-hmm. temptation. And that is our action word for today is to resist temptation. And so she resisted this temptation and found out soon after that her husband was alive. Yes. <laughs> and then he was, he was released then from prison and together their family was reunited. She was so grateful that she
2: hadn't made that mistake. Right. That, that could have destroyed her husband's life to, you oh. know, if, if he had later been released and found out that she had remarried he everything. would have been devastated.
1: Right. And then together they went on to minister to so many suffering Christians and yes. those imprisoned. And, and even to this day, people are touched through that magazine. Yes. If you don't have it, it's called Voice of the Martyrs. You might want to get a copy. But anyway, that was Sabina's story. And her action plan was to resist the devil by simply, you know, learning to say, I resist the devil from my mind in Jesus' name. Uh, Do you have some other ways, mom, that we would could resist the devil in a time of temptation?
2: Yes. Well, another way that I resist the temptation of the devil is to remember who I am in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to remember who we are because we have a tendency to forget for some reason. Mm -hmm. But we are victorious. We are we I can remember that I am the victor. Right. And that's based on God's word. Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in yes, Christ. Yes. So we are the we are victorious. And then we're the head and not the tail. Sometimes we don't feel Ephesians that. But, 2, 6, yes. <laughs> and I am seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Child that's of a, the king. That's a place of authority. And we have to remember that. And then I have to remember that I'm a child of the king. I am in Christ and yoked with him. Therefore, I am divinely protected. Yeah, we're
1: divinely protected, but it doesn't mean we're not going to have temptation, right? Right. That's Mm -hmm. what's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you think you're inoculated, but no, the enemy is sneaky
2: and he will We have tools. Mm -hmm. You know, we can resist. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the the promise is if we resist, he will flee. The devil will flee. That's right. James 4, 7. Yes,
1: he will flee. I love it. So what about this song, Victory is Mine?
2: Well, I was playing the piano for the Salvation Army Corps in Kentucky. And one of the Sunday school teachers called me and she said she was going through this time of temptation and it was very real. I mean, and, and but she remembered in the midst of this temptation, this little song that says it's victory is mine. And uh, I did not know it. But she wanted me to play it that day on the piano. And I said, well, I don't know it, but I'll see if I can find it. So before the service started, I found it and was able to pick it out and it's it's it's, uh found on youtube sung by dorothy norwood victory is mine and some of the words are victory is mine victory is mine victory today is mine i told satan get thee behind victory today is mine and then it goes on to say healing is mine and Mm -hmm. then it goes on to say joy is mine joy is mine but it's such a catchy little song and so when when uh She released her Sunday school class to come into the chapel service. I was playing that. And that just, that made them all so happy because she had (laughs) told them the details of her story of what was going on in her life. And so that just, I know it just made everybody feel so happy and it's victory is mine. And that is, is the truth.
1: And it is exciting when you've resisted the devil and overcome. And that
2: is available
1: for you today. Uh, Why don't you pray for us uh, a prayer?
2: Dear Jesus, please forgive me for giving in to the temptation that was a sin against you and other people. I'm sorry that I did not talk to you about the temptation and ask you to help me. I'm asking you now, Jesus, to help me never give in to that temptation again. Please help me to think thoughts that are pleasing to you. Help me to stay close to you and do what is pleasing in your sight. I thank you for forgiving me of my sin and separating my sin from me as far as the East is from the West. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. That's a really powerful, powerful prayer. God is with you even in temptations. Well, how do we keep a clear mind in a crazy world in times of anxiety and fear? That's another one. Anxiety and fear, That's to me seems like a mountain boulder that everyone in our society right now is pushing away. I mean, who isn't faced with some form of anxiety or fear? But we can, what can we do based on scripture?
2: We can choose to trust the Lord instead of being afraid. We can choose that. We, we can choose to trust instead of being afraid. So the action word is trust. Trust.
1: It says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That is a wonderful verse. That's a great verse of the day that you could memorize. So trust is really the opposite of fear. And it's, it's 213 times that the Bible says, fear not. Fear not. That's a lot. But you know, sometimes somebody can't just look at you and say, don't be
2: afraid. Because... (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't work. It
1: doesn't work. You're still
2: afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but we, the Bible tells us why we don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the Brian Study Bible says it this way in Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. So that's why we don't have to be so afraid.
1: You know, it's so personal and so protective god loves you god wants to just watch over you and care for you he doesn't want us to be anxious or afraid but you know you wanted to tell us a a story from your own life about you and your brothers or your younger brother do you want to share that today
2: yes and i just wanted to say that you know i'm thankful that the lord has taught me about his word because his word has is. has has saved me, I tell mm-hmm. you. It has saved me from being so anxious and fearful and 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 has helped me to live victoriously.
1: But, and, and you know, one other thing I want to say is if you are
2: facing this, you need to go back
1: in your life and try to figure out where the root cause came from so that you can cover it in prayer and ask God mm-hmm. to heal it. Right. Is that part of what you did? You had to yes. go back and say, where
2: did this yes. start? Right. And then I had to choose to trust the Lord no matter what come rain or come shine, you know, I'm trusting the Lord. But there was a there was a time when when I was young. And and I think this this might have been part of the beginning of me being so anxious and fearful. (laughs) You know, there's the root cause. Okay, well, my younger brother and I are, are less than a year apart. And out of five children, we were we looked like twins. We were not twins, Aww. but we looked like twins because he's a boy, and so he was a little bit bigger, and I'm a girl, and I was a little bit smaller. Plus, I'm the run of the family. <laughs> you're not the runt of the family. Well, I'm the shortest. I'm the <laughs> you're I'm the child smallest. of the king. <laughs> I'm the smallest. <laughs> so I was I was a girl, and I was smaller, and we were so we were about the same size, and we're both white headed. When I say white, I don't mean blonde. We were platinum platinum blonde, white-headed. And so people thought that we were twins. Well, that was just kind of a little side story there. But what I wanted to tell you is that there was a time when I would say it was about on a daily basis that we, during the school year for one year, we were locked in a room. Mm. And uh, I don't think it was for eight hours a day, but several hours a day. And and to not be told how long we were going to be in there and when somebody was coming back and, and for everybody to just be gone from the house. And you were three-ish? Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I think at the end of that time, I might have been three, but I was younger than that, maybe two, and he was, I would say, and I'm guessing, I've tried to put all this together in my head, I think I think it was the two and three, maybe age two and three. I don't think I was much older than three. Shocking, really. Yeah, really. And the foster care system was not around at that time. And if it had been, and if people had reported it, which they probably would not have, we would have been taken away. But anyway, um, what what happened, I'll tell you the circumstance, was that uh, mom and dad lived on a 40-acre, well, actually it was 80-acre farm at that time, and they could barely make ends meet financially. And so he... Started, mom would say nagging, nagging him, uh, nagging her to go to Cincinnati to work. A lot of people in Kentucky went to the factories in Cincinnati, Ohio to work at that time because they could find work. And so he just kept on and on and on. She didn't want to leave five children with him and go off to work. Sure. But he convinced her It made her very stressful. She told me uh, much, much later, she told me that before she had gotten past the church house, house, which was about maybe a 10th of a mile, no more than 2 tenths of a mile, and rounded the corner from the church, she said she stopped the car and vomited. She was so upset about it. Oh, wow. And so during that year, she would come home, I think when she could get a ride mostly, because she didn't always have a ride. And so it may be a few weeks in between visits. And so during the school year, what what dad did was he built it looked really like a jail so if you can imagine a big arched opening to a room that did have windows which that was great that it had windows but it was a if you can picture in your mind a little shelf and then an arch and then another little shelf he built uh it was actually wooden bars like uh the like the a cell you know a prison cell and i don't know if i don't remember if the The door had, it was two doors or one, if it opened in the middle. I don't remember that part. I have just a few memories of this room. But anyway, um, uh, the older kids would go to school, and then I'm guessing, I'm thinking that we probably didn't stay in there all day, but I'm just thinking that maybe he fed us some lunch. Maybe he wouldn't have cooked, so it might have been, say, peanut butter and crackers or something, and put us in there. And I I remember a chamber pot. So, you know, two- and three-year-old can use the chamber pot. I, I remember ashes. I don't know why I remember ashes. And then uh, he left, and then he didn't come back. He didn't, uh, I don't even, I don't even remember him coming back, but he must have come come back occasionally. But uh, my siblings then would let, let us out when they got home from school, which would be 3.30 or whatever, 4 or something right. like that. Which was a lot so, of responsibility
1: on a that's, sibling well, and you in know,
2: school. Uh, they never mentioned it even to this day. But you know that had to be traumatic for them to know that that their little brother and sister was alone in a room, but not any way to get out, and just in there and not knowing, you know, when someone's coming back or anything. But anyway, um, uh, prior to that time, actually from the time I was a baby. Until that being locked in that room, my ma and Pa actually stayed with us. So his parents stayed with us for two years. and so that was that was really wonderful that they they, after raising fourteen children, <laughs> and Dad being the youngest, they they stayed with us for two years. so they were our ma and Pa. and the reason that they left, and then that was traumatic because I really basically didn't see them, but once or twice after that. And what happened was that my dad stole their life life savings Mm -hmm. from them and he went to, he was in and out of prison. Mm -hmm. And so um, then, then there was a 20 year stretch when I didn't see him at all. And we were living in Indianapolis and I heard that he was living with his aunt. And so I initiated the relationship And because I I still loved him no matter what, you know, and I initiated that relationship. But I soon discovered it was it was a one way street. It was all giving on my part and there was not going to be much receiving. But I guess I was kind of willing to, you know, still have that relationship. And and I did have that relationship until he died, which was um, a few years later. But, you know, the thing I learned during that time is uh, to forgive because I had to decide, as did each member of my family. We had to decide whether to forgive or to not forgive. Yeah. And each child responds differently to trauma. Sure. And so I am very thankful that I was born again at age 13. And so uh, the Lord and the Lord started teaching me, you know, the Holy Spirit is the teacher and the Lord started teaching me and I read the Bible. So I knew that forgiveness was very important. And so I didn't really know how to forgive. I just did it as an act of my will. And I said, Lord, I choose to forgive. I don't I don't feel it. But, you know, once I chose it, then it feeling started to come because then I didn't I didn't always feel hurt and I didn't always feel the struggle with those feelings of forgiving him. Unforgiveness would have kept you captive even right. longer. Even longer. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: one of the, the myths about forgiveness. As hard as it is, mm-hmm. it's really holds us captive if we don't let it
2: go. Right. Have you heard that if you, it's like drinking a poison, thinking you're hurting someone else, but you're, you know, mm-hmm. it, unforgiveness is like drinking a poison. Uh, it, so it hurts us more than it hurts the other person. Yep, it you sure know.
1: does. So this was the root, a deep root of a lot of anxiety and fear. What was your remedy and how could somebody, I mean, I I think about someone listening right now, they might think I've been through something similar, or I can't even imagine having gone through what you've been through. How how could a, a loving God, you know, help you after the fact, you know, God gives us free will, doesn't he? And he lets yes. people make choices, yes. and sometimes right. we are the f- effect of their bad choices. Right,
2: and it it can be ne- abuse or neglect. In in that case, it was a combination of abuse and neglect. Uh, but what I'm so thankful for is that I learned to trust the Lord. And again, that was a choice. I chose to trust the Lord, and uh, for me. Uh, when I th- when I think about the Word of God and I, and I learn to obey the Word of God, it comes out in the form of song or po- prose or poem mm-hmm. or something. So I wrote another song. Oh, so yeah, for each share season, this song
1: with us because uh, it's so beautiful. For
2: each season, it seems like I've written a song or something because that expressed my deepest emotions. You know. So this song, I'll just I won't sing it. I'll just share some of the words. <laughs> but this one, it, it, I'm just talking to the Lord in this song. And each each song does actually have a, a music uh, that I play with it but this says I'm trusting you and I just said to the Lord Lord it's a busy busy day but I have slipped away to sit here at your feet and say that I'm trusting you I was just telling the Lord I'm trusting you Lord
1: what beautiful lyrics
2: and I said come rain or come shine I'm trusting you there's much I can't explain like the heartaches and the pain but you I know and I confess that I'm trusting you Come rain or con- come shine, I'm trusting you. I am cleansed and I am changed through your glory and your name. Lord, my heart proclaims that I'm trusting you. Then I go on to say, away way I lift my faith is my presence here today. At your feet, my heart can say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, come rain or come shine. A banner you have given me along with life and liberty. Your perfect love makes my heart claim that I'm trusting you. And then I use some King James terms. I say, (laughs) now I rise to greet the day, confident in your staff and stay. My heart knows and my lips say that I'm trusting you. Mm, Fabulous, that's so beautiful. Why don't you uh, end uh, with us
1: by saying a prayer over us?
2: Okay. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for, for this day, Lord. Lord, we can trust you with this day. You are trustworthy, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that that I know you, Lord, and, and that you have given me your word for healing, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord, and I just ask you to be with us for uh, at this time and to help us and to, to bless us, and Lord, and we're just here to say that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, and we choose to trust you today, God, in all these things. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms.
0: When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray to ask God to move in our world. So right now, let's just bow our heads together and let's pray. Let's pray for joy today. I think we could use some joy. How about you? Let's pray for the joy of the Lord right now. Lord, we praise you today. Psalm 16 says that I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Lord, I thank you that in the daytime and the nighttime, I can praise you and that you will instruct me. And the, and the psalmist goes on to say that, that you, you lead us in paths Of righteousness and joy. And Lord, that's what we want today. The reason we praise you, the reason that we pray today is we want you to pour into our hearts your joy. Lord, life can be busy and we know that rejoicing and praising in you is what gives us more life to live this life. We don't want to live on our own, so we come before you today, and this is our prayer. Our prayer is that our joy would be made full, because that's what you prayed for us, Jesus. In the Gospel of John, you prayed that our joy would be full. And so we agree with you in prayer today. Fill us with joy. Help us to recognize the ways in which you are meeting our needs. Help us today to to recognize the way you're working and and show us that even in the midst of life that we are not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your joy is good. It, It nourishes us. It strengthens us. And we feed on that. Lord, I thank you. That as I read your word, I am told to pursue joy. To pursue you as the source of my joy. To trust you for my joy. And so right now, that's what we do. We say, Lord, give us our joy. Give us wisdom. Give us the ability to accept you and to walk in joy. You are our joy. You are our Savior. And it's in your name. We gather and pray today. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email, and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step.
3: I believe you're gonna find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth.
1: You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and
2: it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed.
1: And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family.
0: I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well. Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
3: Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook, that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text one 38 story one 38 story Or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R, media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit WesslerMedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.